Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen Podcast, where we took a break from a bunch of kids gathering around telling scary stories to uh, talk about a bunch of kids gathering around telling scary stories. That's right, another episode of Midnight Club. You didn't know. You didn't know if we were talking about Are You Afraid of the Dark? Don't pretend. Mm-hmm. Could have been anything. Oh yeah, and the voice, the illustrious voice you just heard, is co-host Jumby. It's me. I am here, and I am Rip, the other co-host I, of the Phantoms. I thought Rip was talking about Chucky, so I was totally out of, out of the loop there. That's true. They do. They do tell some tales there. Mm-hmm. But we are talking about Midnight Club episode six, titled "Which." Which are they going to defunct all our theories or exasperate it more? Right out the gate, guys. This episode is infuriating. <laughs> It ends on the biggest cliffhanger the world has ever seen. And it's, as always, really frustrating that it's a self-imposed cliffhanger. This is meant to just hit the next button and watch the next episode. (laughs) That's how it's supposed to be. You can't tell me that it's not meant to be that way. When you watched it, listener, I know that that's what you did. You weren't just like, oh, let me hit pause and figure out what Rip and Jumpy thought of it. No. You watched it right away, and then you came here. You came here with the knowledge of what happened. <laughs> I doubt there's one listener out there who doesn't know what happens in episode seven before coming to hear about episode six. And I'm envious. <laughs> envious? I'm jealous. I don't want them to, to do that, that knowledge. I'm both. <laughs> yes, but that is the road we took to get here. And it's a long, drudging road, but damn it, we're doing it. And what a way to kick off this episode then with a rant, like, nothing to do with the story, but just thrust it into Kevin's story with Dusty, the smiley face serial killer. I got so excited. (laughs) I was like, wow, he ended that episode on a big cliffhanger, and this show... This episode here, which starts and ends with a big cliffhanger. It's crazy. It's crazy. So we pick up where we left off in Kevin's last story. Where we have this crazy serial killer man named something. What was his name? Dusty. Dusty. Who's played by Kevin. And he is approaching his newest victim, who looks a lot like Anya. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. At first, I'm like, what's going on here? Is Anya wearing a wig now? Is this something? But then he does the telltale sign of this serial killer character by throwing a little towel over her face (laughs) and then beating her with a hammer. So I was like, okay, either Kevin's off the rails or this is Dustin. We're back in Dustin's story. (laughs) And his story is really good. I mean, obviously, we're not going to do it justice, but we'll go over the finer points. Um, Yeah, we can't do this justice at all. But we get um, something. Something's off about this one. It wasn't that he killed this girl because that's what's just going on. He just got to kill these girls. Mm -hmm. But... Her little brother walked in and saw what happened. And Dusty had no choice. I mean, we all have choices. He right? had a choice. Yeah. <laughs> he made a choice. He made the choice to do the same thing to this little boy. And, and it is very against his ritual. And so that, he hesitated, but he did it. That guilt is just eating at him. And uh, it wasn't just Elanka's character. 
is um with Sheila. Yeah. She is trying to figure this out. She is friends with Dusty and she's looking for Dusty, but she doesn't know she's looking for Dusty. And mm-hmm. she's even going off of the hint that Dusty gave, gave him was that it's probably somebody from the school. So the detective interviews Dusty, I believe, and tries to get his character's uh his his screen name for whatever online social junction he's at. Mm. But he put it off very well. And then he laid down that night. Probably skipping over a whole bunch of stuff, but trust us, it's very good. Yeah. He lays down his night, and we learn what's going on. He turns around, and we see the face of what looks to be his mother. Now, in the previous installment of this, after he killed, he sat down next to his mother and told her, Hey, we, uh, like, I did what you, I did. What had to be done please stop and we know that his mother's mute or she, all she does is just sit down and watches tv and she can't catatonic yeah she's catatonic she can't do anything else but he's having visions of his mother or we assume they're visions because he's yeah, having visions <laughs> yeah. we see him having visions of the people he's killed screaming at him but mute but whatever thing that's going on his takes the shape of his mother or maybe it's a, it is his mother grabs his face and gives him another name Sheila and he can't he doesn't want to do this he can't but if you want to hear the end you have to live another week we get back to the midnight clubs the round table that's a rectangle and they hate it (laughs) they're just like ah because they love the story so much but he did it again it's a three-parter they made it to part two and now they realize that there's a part three now i wasn't expecting it i was like damn kevin you're mean and even sandra says that she's like damn it you're mean because she was really into it yeah i think about sandra that's blasphemous that we did not realize before Sandra is Lisa Scarsborough from Midnight Mass. Mm -hmm. How did we not notice that? We are always quoting the you reach through time, Joe, scene. And she delivered that whole scene, and I didn't even recognize her. (laughs) It's a testament to her character because she transformed. Yes. I, I don't know how we missed that. That's how good it's been so far that we're just. That's so cute. That like Lisa and I think his name was Flynn. Uh, Igby. No, that's his real name. <laughs> I think his name is Flynn. Yeah. Like they're together, you know. They're here now. It's it's kind of still a sad setting because they're together in a hospice and they're not dating or anything. But those those people are here. Look at that. Lisa Lisa and Flynn survived the vampires. Got different types of cancer and went to the midnight wow everyone who was vampiric who had to get it out of their system developed the cancer that'd be crazy that is crazy imagine it'd be horrible but as much as everybody's just annoyed about another to be continued Elanka's well well if you guys are up for it sounds like you guys are up for another story and everybody's like ooh <laughs> twofer what's gonna happen here and i can't believe it. i feel like anya said some was about to say some comment or look like she was gonna say a comment and lalanka's like up to you and Anya's like no no by all means and i feel like anya was very non-combative this whole episode it was very like um she was being nice. It just felt that way the whole episode. Everybody, nobody had a problem with Anya. 
She didn't snipe at anybody. The jokes she said were really lighthearted. <laughs> That's For some... some reason, they're really making me relate and feel good about Anya as a person. Well, some walls got knocked down. And mm-hmm. she, she, she has a good... Something's off about her. So she has a good window of her mortality. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to go through what she went through. It's another thing to get woken up when you were previously dying and saw a huge shadow looming over you. So The same shadow that she's heard described before by other people. Yeah. So, Ilanka's story called yeah. Witch. And it's about a young girl named Imani, played by Alonka, whose mother dies. Well, let's not get there yet. She's a witch, and she's being trained by her mother, who's a, another witch. And, yeah, I spoiled it, but I, we can't do this justice. I'll just yeah, go with we're just going to say what happened in it. <laughs> so, she's teaching her how to use the magic of foresight by staring at a lake. Mm. And... Alanka sees concentrate. Imani concentrates long enough where she sees a little girl get bumped by another by a little boy who's running past her and bumps into her. And so, this is a very important lesson. And I thought they they wove this in very very well. It's the they're introducing the the logic for seeing through time here because there always has to be some continuity is it a loop or is it going to be branching timelines can you actually change anything and this is going with final destination rules (laughs) basically she can see the future she could prevent it but it's ultimately going to end up the way it was supposed to be it is inevitable because she warns the girl not uh to watch out for the little boy and she does but after she gets her bearings and keeps walking she trips and drop and not even like a full trip like you know when you stumble over something Mm -hmm. and she she dropped her ice cream and that's the important lesson her mom told her makes everything jumpy just said that Mm. you can you can look into the future and you can try to prevent it it doesn't mean it's preventable you're Uh, just delaying the inevitable and it comes with a warning now that you know this don't ever ever do this at night but immediately Imani's mother gets thrusted into a emergency at work she's a nurse she is or a nurse. ER nurse yeah um, she's trying to resuscitate another teenage girl and she even remarks that it's Imani's age. She can't just let this girl pass. Um, so she, the, they try to resuscitate her. Nothing. She asks for the room by herself. Imani's looking through because she, she, uh, she was told to go home. But Imani's mom used some of her magic. And the teenage girl wakes up. Mm-hmm. Imani walks in and is like, what just happened? And in that moment, her mother faints and dies. And So part of her power is also something really interesting. It's like a superpower I've thought of before, but it, it's hard to like, it's hard to give an actual character. Mm-hmm. She can absorb their physical wounds so that they don't have to suffer it. But then she suffers those wounds. Mm. And if she's not strong enough, then she perishes from that wound instead. That's weird, though. That's a weird... I guess it's not the weirdest thing in the world. Like, Jean Grey's powers are (laughs) telepathy, but she's also telekinetic. I guess this person is a seer, but also a wound replacer? (laughs) I don't know. That's a good way to look at it. I thought she was just giving her life force to this little girl. And uh, she tried to do as much as... A teenage girl. Because I feel like that's also important. She tried to do as much as she can. Even pushing the boundaries of what can 
and can't what she can and can't get away with and she probably just did more than she should have but even then Imani it's just like something else happened what happened like she needs to understand because it's it didn't feel right that her mom would just give up her life like that something she felt maybe something went wrong she started looking for answers and she went to the lake to spread her ashes and she couldn't help it her mom's not there so she looked into the lake for the future and what she did was see a future where a boy she's never met goes into a convenience store and gets shot so they as she's processing all of that her friends show up who are played by Anya with a blonde wig Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anya with a blonde wig um Spencer. Spencer. Playing Spencer. <laughs> was it Sherry and Sandra or? Uh, Sherry. Okay. No Sandra. Yeah. So she's like, let's have a night out. And I go, she's like, fine, I'll do it. But it's still a hard time. And they're like, dude, you've been locked up in your room for weeks. So. And they're all, they're all like, hey, guess what? Guess what? Sherry. Her name's Sherry, right? Not in this, not in the story, but in the, in the, in the show. No, yes. no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, like Elanka's character. What's her name again? Oh, Imani. <laughs> Imani. I'm just gonna say Elanka, bro. Elanka's character, <laughs> Imani. They're like, guess what? We have a blind date for you. Guess who it's gonna be? And she's like, oh no, I don't want to do it. But they they basically coax her into doing this blind date because they're already on the way and they're pulling up at the house now. <laughs> um, I think it's a boy that she has thought about before that she actually, no, she doesn't know who it is, but the boy already thinks she's cute. I think that's what they preface. Yeah. They, they, he, Anya's character was like, okay, you don't know him, but he knows you. I showed him your pick, like saying all these things. Like I showed him some pictures. He thinks you're cute. You're welcome. And then Imani's just like, Oh, Okay. <laughs> so they pick up the boy, and guess what? It's Ben, played by Kevin. It seems like <laughs> Kevin and Alonka get shipped a lot in these stories. Does it? Yes. Mm. But like, it's their stories. <laughs> but also, this Kevin Ben character, um, he is the same boy from the Vision who got shot in the convenience store, mm-hmm. and he's wearing the same clothes. Which means tonight is the night. Go figure. Something bad's about to happen. And they pull up to a convenience store because this store does an ID when you buy liquor. So, because Alanka's like, let's go to another one, let's go to another one. And Alanka's never met this dude, but she's like, just trust me. But then Anya's character is like, I'll go. And Alanka's like, no. No, no, let's just not go at all. And that was it. Nothing can be done. Anya's character went inside. and They she got hear... shot instead. Yeah. So. Harsh. I wonder if the Midnight Club know that all these characters look like that. <laughs> and I'm guessing no, because Anya would have been like, what the fuck? Killed me. <laughs> uh, well, Abby with enough description because was it Spencer's story and no Sandra's story with Spencer's character? He's like, wait a minute, a gay character. <laughs> wait, gosh, start a minute. That's me. <laughs> but oh, and then uh, Amesh's character, or Becky, and then Katsumi's like, hmm. wait a minute. Yeah. Amesh and Katsumi. That's not they, her name. It's Natsuki. It's not Katsumi? <laughs> no. Are you sure there's no cat in that name? Because I remember her as a cat. She she acted like a cat, but it's definitely... But it's not Natsumi. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> is it something completely different? I know it no, is. No, it's Natsuki, but like... <laughs> Natsuki. Uh, anyway. Um, 
So, in case you didn't know, it's been a little bit of it's been a little bit of time between podcasts. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's why we threw out those are for Are You Afraid of Darks, right? We had to mm-hmm. break it up. Yep. But, uh, they go. Anya's shot. She comes out. She, uh, she's on the floor. And there's no cell phones. None of that. It's they yell for help. They're screaming. They're at the hospital. Anya doesn't make it. But all her friends are like, how'd How'd you know? How'd you know? Something's off. She warned them not to do it. And none of them would listen. But now that something bad happened, they're like, hey, she knew this was going to happen. It's her fault that we didn't listen. What the heck's happening here? And she doesn't want it, anything with it, uh, Alanka. She's just like, I'm out of here, all right? You guys stress me out. I can't explain it to you. <laughs> I just got to go. But time passes. Hmm. Um, Alanka and Kevin's character have a stronger bond. They're dating. Mm-hmm. They're going on a date sometime Who would have thunk? <laughs> Kevin and Alanka. Oh, no. Body doubles are dating. They show up. At a gas station. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see one of these midnight club stories where it's Kevin paired with Sandra. <laughs> now that I realize they're both from Midnight Mass, I want to see that really bad. Well, maybe there's still time. But Kevin's character is about to go into the gas station. Lanka says no. I'm going to do it instead. She goes in. Cashier acting sus. She's very, she's, th- she's smiling very hard, like her best. And immediately, Jumbi and I are like, oh no, something's not right. Ilanka is being very, very dense right now. Because <laughs> this cashier is doing the best job at saying, help me, without saying, help me. Mm-hmm. She's clearly being robbed. Yes. But Elanka's like, what's wrong? What do you mean? And then she turns around. What's going on back there? (laughs) She turns turns around, sees the shady dude, and she's like, are you being robbed? (laughs) Hey, 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 you. Are you a robber? (laughs) Uh, So the, the man pulls out a gun. He's about to pull the trigger. And we she hear a loud it out of his thump, and it's actually from Anya, the actual Anya, and she fell over. Face she... first onto the midnight club table. Yes. So and... Anya has passed out. She is alive, but this is a bad sign. Yes. Kevin power walks straight to get like a nurse or something because this is bad. She might be septic or something. Yes, she's gone into sepsis. Um, the body's immune system responses are causing tissue damage. And they're talking about this in group therapy. Sandra's angry. angry. She is even like saying, she's like, I do all these prayers. I do all everything right. I'm a good Christian. And they say this is God's plan. Screw God's plan. Um, and Alanka, so they start sharing. Spencer says something really, really nice about her. <laughs> when Spencer first got there, Anya said, if anyone messes with him, like, Better if know. anyone messes with you, let me know. Yeah. And no one ever messed with him because of Anya. <laughs> and they're all just wishing her a painless, gentle death. But Lanka's like, no, I've spent my time with, she's my roommate. She doesn't want to die. I don't want, um, I don't want this. I don't want this from her. She needs to survive. She needs to live. And we get the, like, the most indirect, direct com- uh, speech from Dr. Stanton. And because 
Anya says she's willing to burn the world down to save Anya and her friends and everybody else. Everybody in this room is family. They're all blood brothers and sisters. And <laughs> Dr. Stanton is like, look, um, be careful when you fight against death. Death is inevitable. It, and inevitable. We don't know any. We don't know our time, how long we have on this planet, but if you spend your time fighting death, going against death, and doing all these things, you'll realize how much time you didn't you how much the time you didn't use trying to save a loved one. You know, and don't spend your time chasing something unattainable. But and she even goes so far as to say it's like it's like hinting that even if you do find a way don't like the consequences are going to be dire <laughs> like it's like don't do it <laughs> yes she might as well just say hey don't go down in the basement and perform don't. a ritual do not go down in the basement and pull a Frankenstein but instead of science it's with magic okay yes. don't do that uh, but um, this leads to Anya going through quite the day. She interacts with a lot of people. First, she interacts. No, with Anya, Anya. Sorry, Alanka. Alanka. Yeah, she first she interacts with Anya. She actually mm-hmm. sits there and takes Doctor Sand's word and tells her goodbye. And calls this, her her sister. Yeah, this is really big because. <laughs> It was only a couple episodes ago where they were fighting, but I guess that's what sisters do. And Anya wakes up, tells her that she's not ready to go. She wants to live. And Alanka has no choice but to go take her journal, uh, Athena's journal, and go into the woods. Now, before we continue, Mm. Anya's witch witch story uh, had me thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Sorry, Elanka's. I think I said on you too. Elanka's story, her witch story, got me thinking. Because her sisters, you just confuse them. <laughs> I know that sisters, like Tia and Tamara Mari. Um, <laughs> exactly like that. Mary Kidnash. And Elizabeth Olsen. The third one. <laughs> the triplet. Except their Elizabeth Olsen is Spencer. <laughs> so. We don't know about Anya's birth parents. No. We only know... We thought Maggie... When, at least I did. When Tim was talking about... Um, I wish Maggie was here. I thought he was talking about her mom. Like her birth mother. But... It, that was at, later on found out that that was his wife. And we don't know anything about Anya's upbringing. I mean, we don't. Not her upbringing. Like... Her birth. We just know she has no family right now, but she does have the means, or at least insurance, to attend this hospice. So, do you think that Anya's birth parents play a pivotal role into this? No. No? I don't think they'll ever come up. Okay. I... We'll be happy to hear more about them. I want to hear more about any of their characters, families and stuff. But I don't think they're going to come up. Okay. I just feel like that information getting omitted or at least dumbed down, Hmm. not brought up a lot, is one of those things where Mike Flanagan's, oh, by the way. But it is kind of a cheap way, right? Like, yeah. Oh, by the way, like she was the she's the daughter. Alanka's the daughter of like I don't know Athena or some shit. I don't know. That would be interesting, but I doubt it. Yeah, but that was my. I would sooner believe that for Alanka because of the visions and stuff that she has. I thought you were talking about Anya first. <laughs> Did we do it again? <laughs> I thought you were talking about Anya the whole time, honestly. I was like, why would Anya's parents show up? That's crazy. Well, we know, we know what happened with Anya's parents. Um, they're dead. 
because yeah. they got into but a car Ilanka's, accident. Ilanka's, okay, so you're saying Alanka's parents might be something, and then Athena might be Alanka's real mom. Some shit like that. I don't know. I could see that, actually. Yeah? Yeah. I could see that. It would make sense with the visions she's having and why she's so tied to this place. Yeah. So... Now that I understand what you're saying, because I just can't get their names not mixed up in my head. Um, yes, I think that that's perfect. She has to; ha- her parents have to be revealed to have been Athena and some other random dude. Hmm. It's we'll see, but that that always like it just hit me. I was like, huh, hmm. that's interesting. It's true, but okay. Alanka's in the woods. And she runs into Shasta. The privatized woods. <laughs> I have you know. It's not just free woods to roam around. Have to have permission. Got security cameras all over the place. And Shasta, uh, as she's talking to Alanka, she recognizes her, her sadness. Mm-hmm. And she sees the book. And that's when... Alanka recognized that Shasta has the Paragon Hourglass tattoo. And she's like, you're part of the Paragon? And Shasta's like, no, no, the Paragon was a cult. I was part of something different. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was part of a coven, <laughs> not a cult. So, and then that's when... Elanka and Chasta start talking about the diary of Julia Jane. She pulls it out and Shasta gives the most telling look on her face. Yeah. She looks at it and she's like, how the hell did you find that? <laughs> like on her face. I, and I'm, I think this is screaming. That's my diary. Chasta is <laughs> Julia Day. Like it, it just has to be. Yeah. Like, like Alanka was telling Shasta about the stuff she's finding in the diary and Shasta's like yeah 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 I know I know go hurry, hurry up hurry the fuck up get to the end. <laughs> did you get chapter 5 yet because yeah. that's a doozy yeah, that took me a while mm-hmm. but I mean Julia <laughs> <laughs> but um, she says Shasta says she's not part of the Paragon I'm part of a group older than the Paragon and uh She's she's like, okay, I can help your friend Anya. Do you have five sisters? We need five sisters. Um she's like uh she's like, okay, where's Anya, Sandra, Sherry, and myself? And then she's like, oh, okay, well I'm number five. Good. And we that that's it. <laughs> and Shasta gives her gives her a little something something. Yeah, which will come into play later. Shasta pulls out a blade and <laughs> cuts her hand mm-hmm. and gives the <laughs> not suspicious at all and gives the blood to to Alanka. I think this is how her tattoo gets revealed too. Uh probably, maybe. Yeah. But definitely, oh, whatever, there like, was a recognition of like Alanka's like, hey, I that that tattoo, I mm-hmm. know it. it's the cover of this book, and then she's like, oh, you're. Uh... And then Shasta's like, I'm Julia Day, basically, <laughs> and here's my blood. Oh, that's how you touch my. And blood. here's how you do rituals. <laughs> yes, she's like, okay, here's a de- detailed description of how to do the ritual. Here's she's how like... you do blood magic, and then Alanka's like, can't wait to tell Sandra, so she she runs back to the mansion. Mm-hmm. She gathers up the Scooby gang, the Midnight Club, Midnight Society almost. <laughs> Everyone's around. She tells them what she wants to do, the ritual, mm-hmm. just to attempt it for Anya's sake. And everyone's a little skeptical, but they're kind of on the fence about it, except for Sandra. Sandra's like, no. no. Okay, lady. I am so tolerant. It's crazy of other people's beliefs. So, but no, <laughs> this is blood demon magic. Lady. This, you don't delve into that. This is territory of Jumpy and I being like, 
Yeah, Sandra's right. Because yeah. she says the line. If when you start messing with this stuff, this stuff tends to mess back. And I'm like, yeah, bravo, yeah, perfect. Can I set it better myself? Mwah. Perfect. Don't fuck with things. I can probably fuck with you back. This is demonology. <laughs> you don't mess with it. Even if you don't believe in demons, why why tempt? So, important thing here, and I think, I believe it's this conversation, but this is where we start learning every, all the things that are happening around the house. They are aware of it. They know about Anya's shadow chasing. Also, mm-hmm. Rachel. Um, well, not shadow. She's being chased by a shadow. And it's getting closer and closer. Uh, even Natsuki is like, ever since I got here, I've had fucked up dreams that I haven't had anywhere else. I There is something up with this house. And... At this point, I don't care. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've been getting messed with this entire time. What's a, let me be in charge of fucking around, you know? Um, but Sandra gives that impassioned speech. Everybody agrees that they will do anything for Anya. What's what's one thing? Well, what could have hurt? You know, what could have hurt? Why? We tried everything else. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's just one less thing. But at least we can walk away knowing that we tried. And that's what everybody agrees to, except Sandra. Because she has a weird premonition about this stuff. She's Uh, just religious. And if you're religious, in what I'm assuming is whatever Christian faith that she's in, you don't do pagan rituals of blood sacrifice written in a book by cultist that's basically what she says she's just like who (laughs) messes with a devil book (laughs) written by crazy people who does a blood sacrifice like why would you do that to me why would you ask me the person you know is super religious to do that my my favorite was like before Ilanka could even finish asking if everybody's in Hey, I got a book of rituals. Is everybody it, uh, right before she could finish? Kevin's like, "Yeah, I'm in." Like, all right, dude. It was like, "I'm down for whatever." Alonka's <laughs> going. I'm going. Yeah, if you're gonna believe that, he has a secret. We don't mm-hmm. know that yet. He's important. Something's up with Kevin, man. Yeah, you know, like the episodes keep throwing me off, but my original, my original take was something's wrong with him. Something's up with him. Yes, he's important for some reason that was too quick my friend too quick and your stories scream of somebody hiding a secret that they just want to scream at the person they care about so everyone parts ways mm-hmm. and they go about their business um natsuki and sandra have a little heart to heart natsuki shows up and sandra's like did they send you here to try and convince me to renounce God and do this <laughs> horrible blood sacrifice, probably written by the devil himself into that book. And Natsuki's like, no, it's really cool that you're always trying to embrace everyone and bring them into your faith because it helps you a lot. Um, I'm not saying that you have to do anything today. You don't have to do a thing. But it would just be nice if you were there, just showed up. You don't have to participate. You don't have to do anything. Just Showing that you're there and you care is enough. And you do that all the time. And Sandra appreciated that. And she also related to Sandra on a personal level about how exhausting it must be to try to maintain her faith around everyone who doesn't have that faith. Um, And Sandra appreciated that as well because it's exhausting to to practice that while everyone's telling you you're dumb. Yeah. So whether that got through to her or not, we don't know. Well. Until later. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Sandra has a dream. A nightmare, Mm -hmm. actually. Um, She goes into the basement. She sees a Lanka. And they're surrounded by empty cloaks. 
Sandra tries to call out to Alanka, but Alanka can't make a voice. And she's screaming, but there's nothing. It's mute. Similar to that uh, other Are You For The Dark episode. Like uh, Mother Septimus hit her with one before Sandra got there. But the cloaks come to life and take on the shadowy form and they surround Sandra Lanka about to take him and Sandra wakes up. Um obviously she's terrified because she just had a devil dream. Yeah. I thought she was gonna turn and see that old woman, but she didn't. That would have been interesting. But I think this was just an unrelated stress induced nightmare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the stress of being haunted can... Well, it's like the stress of everyone asking you to do this blood sacrifice. (laughs) So... Like, you know. Yeah, I get you. Alright, so... At this point, they all meet up. Alanka is pushing uh, Anya's wheelchair towards the basement, and they're greeted by... It's ambiguous to me if they explained what's going to happen to Anya. I don't know. I just, it might be desperation. They don't care what happens. They just care about the results. Mm -hmm. But they, they are greeted by everybody else except Sandra. Mm -hmm. And they go down to uh, the basement using the secret button. Once they get there, Anya and Lanka are there first, and they see spelled out in pillows. It says "Don't," and then mm. they're like, "Uh, they get, they get rid of rid of it real quick." Lanka gets rid of it really quick. Yeah, and then the uh, the rest of the crew come down. Now, let's talk about this mystery for a second here. <laughs> Who did that? Well, a third person comes down, Anna Sandra. And the first thing she asks is, "Do you uh did you guys see anything weird before you guys when you guys got here?" And Lanka's like, "No, we didn't." But honestly, I appreciate you coming. It means a lot to me. And Lanka has that face of like, "I know you did it, but that's not what's important right now. You're here." Enjoy. I don't think she did it. I don't think she did it either. Sandra's not that deceptive. All right. She's an open book. She's an open Bible. All right. You could, you could, <laughs> you know what she's about. She's not about deception. It's, she looked like she just finished having the dream. Her nightmare yeah. was some weird shit happening down there. And she came downstairs, down to the basement, because she had the nightmare at night. And if and if I had that nightmare, I wouldn't fucking go down there like immediately, you know. I'll be like, and to, especially to spell out stuff with sheets. But, uh, I don't think she did it. I I would even go as far as say Doctor Stanton or maybe Mark or somebody did it, or even Joe's character. I think Stanton did it. Yeah. Because Stanton knows what's going on, but for some reason she won't get in the way. Because or a ghost, <laughs> Rachel. Ooh, yeah, Rachel. Tristan. Mm. Mm. That's Tristan reaching through the other side. Don't do it. Mm. Don't do this. By spelling it out for you. That would have been good. Yeah. Let's see that if that pans good. out. But Sandra's there, and it's a ritual time. So what does that mean? Well, everybody, there's this is cauldron. Hard. This is a hard scene. <laughs> so they have yeah, a there's fun. like a fire pit. Yeah, everybody burning away, and they're all what? What, what are they? No, you tell. You tell. You tell. They, they cut their hand, pour some blood, mark the blood on Anya's forehead, and they burn something the most precious item to them, right? Now that is hardcore sacrifice stuff. 
Because they aren't sacrificed. Oh, I sacrificed, you know, eating cheese this week or something stupid <laughs> like that. Like, they did some hardcore sacrificing. Yes. Alanka uh, shows up and she, like, throws away this bracelet that reminds her of her mom. Yes. Like, jeez. I can't remember all of them, but, like, Amesh Kevin. burns a picture of his dad. Yes, Amesh burns a picture of his dad. Kevin burns his uh, Olympic gold medal. No, his... Uh, his runner medal where he got first place and he talked about about how uh, well it's high school so i'm sure they got it like a thrift shop but it um it made him feel free whenever he ran from the moment the gunshot fired to him hitting the finish line it was the freest he ever been i don't know why that stuck out to me um Amesh burned a picture of his dad. Cherry burned. Wait, didn't Natsumi burn a picture of her dad? No, Natsumi didn't do that. She burned yeah. something else. Yeah. Sherry talked like this is the first time we learned anything about her. She, uh, and it seems to be true unless she did that like that day. But she used to play a, a football game, like uh, the paper football play game that you play in school with her mm-hmm. friend and for whatever reason she kept all of them and it's really one of the best times she had because she felt like she had a real friend so she burned them all because the and she had a lot spencer had uh just a bunch of i don't know tickets or memorabilia of that reminded him of his mom yeah like, I don't know if they're a ticket, concert ticket, something, but that's when him and his mom used to get along, and he burned those. Natsuki burned like a like a, a good luck charm or something that was in a car. Yes, during one of the car crashes that kind yeah. of messed up her life. It's a key, yeah. It's a keychain from a car crash that she was lucky to survive, and. Sandra has a gift from a boy she wasn't supposed to have a relationship with and she threw that in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sherry, it wasn't for Sherry. It wasn't the football thing. There were just folded notes that that were in that triangular shape mm-hmm. from her her uh classmate. Gotcha. Surprising me when Sandra sacrifices her thing. Mm-hmm. What did she sacrifice again? Uh, a gift from a boy she wasn't supposed to have a relationship with. When she sacrifices that gift, she cuts her hand and puts blood into the cauldron as well. Yeah, That's crazy. That's I did not think she would be down for the blood match. That's why I don't think she broke the message. Or uh, if she did, so. if she did and she's like, okay, I guess, you know, uh, was it, uh, if you can't beat him, join him? I don't yeah. know, man. That's, that's not Sandra's style. I didn't think she would cave on this. And I, I'm really hoping, I mean, I, I already know there has to be some recompense, but it sucks that she got dragged into this shit because <laughs> she was so adamant against it. And if there's a big consequence, she's only here because everyone convinced her. Yeah. And uh, my I like the part where, like, Spencer, he cut his hand and he put the blood on her forehead and he's like, you can't transmit it this way you're fine and audience is like i don't care dude (laughs) like i'll drink it if i have to but as they're all as they all put their offerings in she poisoned uh alanka poisoned the blood of shasta and uh, everyone's like whose blood is that and alanka's like anyway back to my (laughs) ritual and sandra's like i knew it they've gone crazy and then they're all chanting this chant back and forth. Sandra's part of it too. She's doing it. She's chanting too. And mm-hmm. as that's happening, Anya sees a shadowy figure. And it's looming over her. And she's like, guys, do you see that? But her Guys? Vo- <laughs> guys? <laughs> her voice is not being heard. And it's not because they're chanting the ritual. They definitely would have stopped if Anya was saying something. But... S- they're not seeing the shadowy figure and they're not hearing Anya. 
Yeah. Something's happening here. We don't. Do we know what happens? No, because that's where the motherfucking episode ends. That's right, it did. That's right. Infuriating everyone whose name is Rippin' Jumpy. <laughs> I, and this is a true story. Jumpy was there. Before the episode end and the shadowy figure starts going to Anya, I flicked off the screen because I knew it was going <laughs> to end. I knew the credits. I was like, fuck True. this. I know it's going to happen. I knew it. It's so infuriating. And uh, we just got to wait till episode seven, I guess. <sighs> it's such a good show. Yes. I'm very invested. Me too. And I need to see what happens here. This is like, the crux of everything that's going on in the show is it going to backfire is sandra <laughs> going to get dragged down to hell now what's happening i we can pretty much confirm that shasta's julia jane <laughs> oh i mean if she's not at this point i'll be upset <laughs> i'll be like i'm going to ign and giving it a six out of ten that that's that's what would happen you're gonna apologize to them like you're right i'm sorry yeah shasta um, totally was julia day that is worth minus four points. <laughs> uh, Dr. Stanton, I think. I, I still think that this is Athena, Aceso, Aceso's jo- Julia Jane, and, um, you know, Dr. Stanton is um, Athena, and Julia Jane is Aceso. So that would mess up the whole Alonka's parents thing then. Yeah. But I feel like that's something important too or maybe maybe because dr satin had a son who passed away maybe she tried the ritual and it came with bad results and then she's just and her son died later on maybe he was resurrected but he died later on and she learned a valuable lesson don't fuck with this stuff and she's trying to you know alanka came in and she's she's warning her don't do this it's not gonna give you the results you want. This is not gonna. This is not gonna cure you. This is bad stuff. What do you think is gonna happen to Anya? Come next episode, what are we gonna be looking at? Are we gonna be looking at a husk of Anya who has a demon soul inside of it? It's all healthy. Are we gonna be just regular old Anya? She's back and it's unnoticeable. She's just healthy now. Yes, I think this is. I think she's going to to uh flatline and she's going to come back hmm. and that's when dr satin knows that they did something like f- for sure this this image that she saw the shadow what is it doing is it taking her soul or is it replacing i, I think it I think it's I think it's going to grant her the the life. I don't think I think it was going to take her soul when she didn't do the ritual, but because it did the ritual, ritual, it's going to grant her that immortality. But I do think and I wouldn't I think doubt leg, I think her legs going to grow back. That'd be kind of cool, right? That's that'd when Dr. Stanton's going to be like, "No, you guys you guys, no, that doesn't happen. Cancer going away is one thing, but Wolverine powers, you guys did some witch stuff. <laughs> um, you ready for a crazy theory, Jumby? Always. Elanka's parents hmm. performed the ritual on Elanka when she was a baby. That's why she's having these visions. Yeah. And now her cancer's back. And that's the thing Dr. Stanton was trying to warn. That would be horrendous. <laughs> that could work. That way she doesn't have to technically be related to Athena. Yeah. She was part of... Uh, uh, her parents were part of Paragon or whatever. Or maybe Julia Jane started something on the side. And her parents were there. Our baby has cancer. They performed the ritual. They died in the ritual. Yeah. A baby's, maybe Alanka died as a baby, came back, left her with a foster family. And yeah. 
Or maybe Tim and Maggie weren't uh, foster, like part of the foster's family system. Maybe they knew what the fuck was going on and were like, we'll take care of your child and we promise not to tell her anything. That's a theory. I don't think Tim knows, though, what they did. If, if that I was going to say, I don't think Tim would be deceptive. Yeah. Because I think he would have put his foot down and be like, no, you ain't going to that hospice. I'll find you something mm-hmm. else, but not that fucking one. Why would you want to go there? That's where your mom did the crazy blood map. Hey, I see what you did there. <laughs> but that's my crazy theory, Jumbi. That's cool. It's hard for me to make theories anymore. This show's so crazy. Yeah. It's crazy in itself. And. I mean that that's it. There's nothing else to expand on. My big prediction on. for next episode is it's another big cliffhanger. Oh, even episode 10 is going to end on a cliffhanger. Oh, that would <laughs> that would literally make sense. Like Alanka and Kevin are like walking away and then Kevin just looks breaks the fourth wall, looks at the camera and his eyes glows. Thriller. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going for that. <laughs> <laughs> Last episode's there. Kevin's just standing there, and then the vampire from Midnight Mass shows up. <laughs> just see. takes him and calls him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> Not again! <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> well, anything else you want to add, Joby? Before we call this? Frankenstein. It's happening. Yeah. She's going to be with witch magic instead of science. Hmm. Yeah. Let's see mm-hmm. it. Let's see it. Frankenstein's there. And if and if there's no Frankenstein in this, you bet your ass the next Mike Flanagan installment is just going to be all Frankenstein. <laughs> It'd be sick. <laughs> it's such a classic. Well, with all that being said, any last words, Jumpy? Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Sabrina the Teenage Witch, indeed. Melissa Joan Hart. You gotta love her. And she's very relevant because we're dealing with teenage witches right now. She was also in uh, Boy Meets World, that one episode about witches. Yeah, it was pretty good. That also was She had a really scary reboot as well. <laughs> very hyper realistic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Until it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I have so much things to say about that damn show. That was clearly made for the CW and they decided to put on Netflix. It crossed over with the CW. It, it crossed did. over with like Riverdale and stuff. But like you knew, like the way it was written was fucking CW formula. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just missing like Iris telling her like, do you know what I've been going through, Sabrina? Okay, I have a job. It- and, it's and then she storms off and Sabrina <laughs> stops somebody and she's like, wait, I got this. And then she goes and talks to her in the hallway. Yeah, and nothing That's gets every CW it. show ever, <laughs> especially The Flash, because they do that every episode. Yes. <sighs> Barry needs to learn how to run fast again. Someone has to give him a pep talk. Yeah. Faster, Barry, faster. <sighs> See, we went on a tangent. You happy? Yes. And with that, we conclude another episode of Phantom Silver Screen Podcast. If you like what you heard, please give us a like, subscribe, follow, anything to show us that you love us. Because we love you. And we always will. Even if we have to cut our hands, spread some blood, put on your forehead, just to show you that we do. We won't. Yeah, that's that's blood magic. We don't mess with that. Nope. Team Sandra. <laughs> <laughs>